Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1G. K-U-R-T. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. We're still deep into the season. There are still seven undefeated teams, or excuse me, six undefeated teams in the conference, okay. which is almost half of the conference with a couple teams yeah, playing each other. Quick math here, uh, square root. Yep, that's yep. about half. Yep, pretty close, which close is the same it. as the SEC. I'm not going to go down that path, but uh, I, I was frustrated again. Uh, by a certain take by a certain person on a certain <laughs> podcast. But my guess is people are sick of listening to it. Um, you so, probably garnered him many a listener based on your complaining. Yeah, I, I wonder, if, and that's what I wonder, is is there genius in it? Yes. And that he does it, he throws it out there. He's doing it on purpose. Okay, because there's no way somebody could be that just, yeah. just off factual. There's that. I mean, okay. I, I guess you know the world basically runs on hypocrisy these days. But still, he know he knows he's getting people like you riled up when he does it. Okay, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, I took it hook, line, and sinker in this case. I mean, it wasn't like it was tweeted at me or potted at me directly, but it felt like it. No, no. I think it as, might, a, as a Big Ten fan, and it he's felt a, like it. you know he's partial Wisconsinite, so I give him credit for knowing what he's doing there. Okay. All right. We'll leave it at that. All right. So we move on to week four. So how about this? Week two, 14 games that were played. Week three, 12 games that were played. This week, week four, we've got 11 games. A lot of a lot of football contests that we've covered on this pod. Next week, week five, we suddenly drop down to seven games. And then week six, just a couple weeks from now, five games. We go from 14 to five in a blink of an eye. So my Perfect Big Ten football weekend is seven Big Ten matchups, right? Yeah. I think. Okay. That's probably ideal. So if you have seven games, the perfect way for me to space them out is one game Thursday night. Okay. One game Friday night, okay. Dustin Judy. <laughs> I And then five games on Saturday, 2-2-1. Two, two, so be there's amazing. only one night game on Saturday. That'd be incredible if you could pull it off like that. This weekend, they're doing it. Taking out the uh, the Dustin Shooty special on Friday night, since we don't have that this week, we're doing it about as good as we can. We got four in the morning, four in the afternoon, three at night, understanding that we have 11 but, contests. But thankfully, it doesn't start at four in the morning. Correct. Just four games in the morning. And, and I'll be honest with you, I thought Dustin's uh, tweet was hilarious, you know? Um, I, I, saw, s- I don't remember what he said. I basically, saw. basically that he hates... Friday night game. Yeah, just to sum yeah it up. I just don't remember what he said. Yeah, exactly. um, I don't know where I come down on it. To be honest with you, I mean, it. I understand like, the they're, purity. They're, you know, of everyone wants it their game at two thirty on a Saturday. I understand that, but in order for me to pay attention to as many games as possible, I just want them spread out a little bit. Spread about a little and bit. And there's nothing I enjoy more than there only being one Big Ten game on at that moment, so I can focus 100 percent of my energy on that game. 100 percent with you there. The Friday night thing gets me in that. Uh, my family is in a bind uh, this next Friday night uh, because my nephew is playing high school football. The Hawks are playing Friday night. You just can't do both. Uh, uh, they're going to choose family, of course, sure. over the Hawks. But it just sucks because that's how it's going to go down. And there's people that get put in that pickle all the time. That's the thing that I don't like about Friday games the most. But other than that, 
Uh, pretty selfish. I kind of like them uh, because of the reasons you just laid out. And here's uh, something that is horrible, uh, but I need to share it anyways. I'm sorry. But after this weekend, we are one-third of the way through the college football season, just like that. So this is week four. So anybody that's played four college football contests, which will be the majority of of the teams in, in, in FBS, they will be one-third of the way through the, through the season. Sure, but you're not factoring in the idle week. So it's a little less than that. One-third of the way through the season for your team. For your team. For yeah. anybody that's played four games. But that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah you do get the bonus week in there. Yes. See, wait, look, at, look at you looking positive. I always look at the bright side of things. <laughs> always look at the bright side of <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of you. All right, anything else? Uh, let's just talk get about the game. some football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Every game, all 11, are going to be happening this Saturday, September 25th. All right, first one up. Did you ever see Life of Brian? I did not. Or is it like, yeah, Life of Brian. It, at the uh, very, so it's Monty Python. Monty Python, right? And it's, it's him and a bunch of guys that are getting crucified. And they start singing, always look on the bright side yeah, of life. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Eric, I'll be honest with you. Eric Idle. Oh I God. just watched Monty Python for the first time like six months ago. It was great. I so mean, like which whole, one though? The Holy Grail, excuse me. Oh, the Holy Grail. Like, which, like, was that the original? Monty I Python don't know or? that it was. No, I don't think so. But okay. I mean, it's generally regarded as their best work. Okay. I disagree. I think it's Life of Brian. Life of Brian. Okay, Life I'm, I'm going to watch Life of Brian. But that the dude that says I fart in your general direction yeah. on the I was that was fu- I didn't ex- I knew that that was a scene, but when it finally hit, dude, so I was that laughing. was the first time you ever saw Holy Grail. Yeah, I don't know, just never hit me. I mean, when I was a kid, I don't know. How, I mean, that that the, movie was out way before my time and your time for that. Yeah, matter. but I mean, it was always legendary. And I was yeah. up the Black Knight. Mm-hmm. You know, that was he, funny. He gets Getting all his in. limbs. Yep. And then he's like, let's right, call it a draw. Let's just scratch. <laughs> all right, let's 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 get this going once again. All of these games, all 11, are on Saturday, September 25th. First game up. Yeah, let's do it. Number 12, Notre Dame at, I think you could say, Wisconsin. This game is actually in Chicago at Soldier Field. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on Fox. This is Fox Big Noon Game. Line Badgers by six and a half, over under 46.5, looking to be 70 degrees and gorgeous. Pretty much going to be the weather all weekend, except for a couple places. I saw a tweet today that I loved from uh, Midwest versus everybody. Said the uh, temperature went from 85 to 65, like it saw a cop in the rearview mirror, which I thought was fantastic. Um, So at uh, six and a half spread, Vegas is saying 26 to 20 Badgers. 68% 68% of the money is on the Irish, so the public thinks this will be the Badgers. So I think this game means more than it did. Uh, about a month ago, we even kind of said on a pod that this game wouldn't have much change that we thought about other teams. But like right now, I feel like the public, and I was surprised to see so much money, on Notre Dame, that I thought surprising. it would be like 50-50. I would have thought so, too. And my thought process is we've got stats getting thrown out there. Wisconsin is 0-6, their last six games, playing ranked teams. That's right. That one gets thrown out everywhere. But the Notre weird Dame, thing is, before that, I feel like this is a game that Wisconsin, you just like, eh, of course Wisconsin's going to win that. Absolutely. And they would. But you're right. They're, they're not playing well against ranked teams. But that's a very recent phenomenon. 
it is very recent, and a lot of them happened in the weird year that is 2020. I mean, it was weird for everybody, right. but I feel like it was maybe even more weird uh, for Wisconsin. And on the other side, you got Notre Dame. Oh, man, what a great, awesome victory that first week versus Florida State. Doesn't look so good. Florida <laughs> State is butt cheeks now, oh, so God. it just does not look good. And Notre Dame barely pulls it out versus Tulsa. Is there you anything know. more surprising than how bad Florida State is? No. It just should not happen. Every coach that goes down there, I'm like, well, this should do it. Correct. That should do it. And it's it's still disaster again. And it's not just, oh, man, they're not very good. Oh, they're, they're awful. Like, it is a very real possibility that right now I would love to see, but they're live over under. It's probably like three and a half or four. I mean, they're, they're bad. Wow. They're bad. All right. Back to the game that's happening in Soldier Field. Um, okay. I still don't know who Wisconsin is. I'm just trying to figure that out. We obviously know they have a great run defense. So I think what they do, they lean on their run defense, force Jack Cohn to try to beat them. And, of course, Jack Cohn will be the, the storyline. They'll make it the storyline as much as possible. Um, my guess is uh, Jack Cohn will be – popping more things into place than just fingers by the end of this game. Um, the I, the Wisconsin defense, to me, is getting overshadowed by sports writers in, in, in the Twitter sphere. Um, I certainly understand the Wisconsin offense hasn't looked fantastic, but it is still mostly, I believe, a Wisconsin offense. Chelui has been having success running the he's ball. Like, he's already, I mean, they had an but, idle week, but like. So I would say just don't let Graham Mertz shoot you in the foot. And specifically, pull him aside as soon as they get in the 20 and say, dude, relax, okay? Play within the freaking offense, check down, hand the ball off, and don't throw it to the other team. There is another team that is doing pretty well in the polls that we'll talk about later that has been using that exact same thought process. I mean,. If they you don't do get, always need an elite quarterback to win against a solid team. You do not. You the the term game manager, which has been synonymous with Wisconsin quarterbacks since me and you have been watching the sport of college football. It might not apply more ever than it does right now. That's what we need out of Graham Mertz. Obviously, he's going to have to come up with plays on a third and seven several times during the games, but on certain times when it's third and fourteen. Don't force it. And then outside of that, better play in the red zone. That's yeah. that has that was the pretty much the whole story of the Penn State game. It showed up in Eastern Michigan as well. Yeah. I feel like that stuff with two weeks off, the idle week kind of wound up landing in a pretty good yeah. spot for Wisconsin. So and then the other thing I want to point out too is the way to touch up the Wisconsin defense, which does not happen often is on the outside. Um, they got Avery Davis, okay? Avery Davis, very good wide receiver yeah. for Notre Dame. I love the running back, Kyron Williams, but I don't see it from Jack Cohn. I don't see any running back busting through this defense. Do I Do I think Avery Davis or somebody else can pop a good one versus Wisconsin? Yes, but enough to beat Wisconsin? I don't think so. I've got Wisconsin 24, Notre Dame 13. That is an under at 37, this was bandied about quite a bit for me to be my Amador double barrel lock of the week. I still very much like it, but I decided to just shy away a little bit. Right, you mentioned popping a good one. I think this is the last chance for Big Ten fans to get a look at Jack Cohn. Last chance for him to give you a coner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, though. So I'm going Wisconsin 33, 
Notre Dame, 23. Ooh. Good for an over, but a Wisconsin cover. Wow. Okay. So pretty much the same gap uh, spread, but a little more points. A little more points. Interesting. Okay. Didn't think that's where you're going to go. Next game up, the Villanova Wildcats. Some some schools, you just think basketball. This, this, this would be one of them. Howie Long, baby. They always have that. <laughs> Howie Long. Yeah. Good pull. Yeah. Oh, that's a long And they did ago. have... Didn't, I think they had the player of the year for FCS. That's going back 15 Flyways. years ago. Okay. Okay. I'm, that's a little bit of, too deep of a cut. He's a wide receiver. <laughs> All right. The Villanova Wildcats coming into Happy Valley to take on the number six ranked Penn State Nittany Lions. This is an 11 o'clock AM game on Big Ten Network. Didn't have a line most of the week, but we had one popping pop on the end. Nittany Lions favored by 29. Still don't have an over-under. So let's look at Villanova. What have they done this year? They're 3-0. and They beat Lehigh. Solid program there. They beat Bucknell 55-3. to I don't know how solid they are. And Richmond 34-27. to Spiders. The yeah. Spiders. Yeah. So at least they're 3-0. and They put some points on the board out of the FCS Colonial Conference. Running back Brian Covington. Look out for that guy. So I think uh, you put it best. Where Penn State just needs to stay healthy here. Yes, that's the goal. You the you actually good job. This, this is this is what we do. That's my theme for this week the, on many teams. You yeah, can, I can point to the part on my page right here. In I I put it in underline bold and italics. Okay, for three or four different teams. So that is the number one goal is to to stay healthy. After that, I would say keep Clifford in rhythm. You know, just keep the good feels going with yeah. Clifford. We can do that in about two and a half quarters, I, mm, I think. I, I, Maybe three? I'm thinking like one and a half. The, okay, you're yeah. <laughs> so even. Okay. Take one, Robertson. I want to see a lot of him. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw something out there. I'm, I'm sure Perk won't mind, but Perk and I have a little side bet. Okay. We, he set the over under for how many points Penn State would score at 45. Okay. Okay. Um, I funny. think, I think Penn State's gonna gonna battle a little bit of won't to at the beginning of the game then they're gonna warm up okay i very much need to stay away from short field turnovers pick sixes and special teams okay but i've got penn state 44 Hmm. villanova 13 so that's a very slim penn state uh cover and the under the 45 Okay, so you set the over-under, 45, huh? The Penn State over-under, 45. Do you know what I yeah. their score is? What? 45. You're kidding me. <laughs> no, it's like That's right insane. There. That's right insane. <laughs> How do you feel about sharing a brain with Perk like that, man? Way to, way to go, Perk. So uh, if you had to... Oh, sorry. Give me, your, give me your score. So my score is 45 to 10, okay. Penn State. Cover. So they, they covered it, yeah. So if you had a choice... Since you nailed it right on, would you go over or under? Over, I think. Really? Yeah, I think so. See if you and Perk are correct. All right, next game up, the Bowling Green Falcons at the Minnesota Golden Gophers. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. gain on ESPNU. Line Gophers by 31, over under 51. Going to be a gorgeous day here in the metro area. Vegas is saying something like 41 to 10 Gophers. Kind of surprising here to me. The money is split evenly, mostly because I would assume that's a big spread. All right, that is a huge spread. I got, I got. I told so, you I had a little. Uh, we got to do the little trivia first. Oh, okay. okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Well, <clears throat> hold that thought. Yep. All right. Uh, so first off, including in season and bulls. Okay, mm. including in season and bulls, Minnesota is going for their twenty second straight win okay. in non conference play. That's pretty impressive. So, so probably going to get to twenty three straight non conference wins. 
Who oh, was boy. their last loss non-conference? I predict. Um, I'm going to say, uh, what's the total number? 20. Yeah, 23. That's uh, what they're going for, 23. I don't think this was it, but what was it South Dakota? University of South Dakota? Ooh, that's a good guess. It was not. You just made a bunch of Gopher fans cringe when you said that, but no. TCU in 2015. They went down and played TCU. 2000. That's all the further back that goes, huh? Yep. Yeah, I guess that makes it. Bulls. Well, yeah, because then if four you, a year. I'm thinking about the that USD loss when they came up here out of Vermilion, South Dakota. That was probably closer to 2010, just, just wasn't it? Rubbing salt in the wound. That's been a while. <laughs> the Yotes, the yeah. Coyotes. All right. How about this? You want another one? Yeah. What is the last non-conference loss for head coach PJ Fleck? Well, I know it's not Illinois. They played Illinois when he was at Western. Beat him. Okay. I mean, it's got to go. Oh, I'm going to say Minnesota. Nope. Okay. You danced all around it. Wisconsin in the 2016 Peach Bowl. Oh, of course. Ah. Yeah. But the only non-conference game he lost at Western by the time he left. But What year was that game? 2016 Peach Bowl. So after the 2015 season. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the tight end. It was not Ferguson. It was barely. That was a good, that was a good game, though. They that had a really a good, good tight end, Wisconsin did. That, yeah. I remember it just killed Western Michigan in that game. All right. But it was a good game. It was they a good were, game. They were competitive. Yep. So but one thing I wanted to bring up is... There are some huge spreads this week. There is. Unbelievable. So Bowling Green, what do we know about Bowling Green? Lost to Tennessee, 38-6. to Tennessee stinks, lost to South Alabama. They beat Murray State, but, you know, looking deeper into this team, offensively, they're not a running team. They're not a passing team. Defensively, they're not an anything team. This is this is, looks like, on paper, a really bad football team. Bowling Green was, was insta-money. Last year, as in betting against Bowling Green mm-hmm. for a while there, there wasn't a spread big enough. Then they got a little bit better at the end of last year. I think they're a little bit better this year, but I don't know if they're ready for this uh, uh, Minnesota rushing attack. I mean, uh, we already know that you know Mo's been gone for a while, but then infills, you know, next running back in, and then you kind of start wondering about the spare. And the pair, who steps in to be the number two running back? Bucko Irving. Good old Bucko. So, you know, it's so, you know, no. his, his name's Marquise. Oh, okay. But his nickname growing up was Bucky. Okay. Bucky is not well thought of no. in these parts. So they they truncated Bucky to Bucko. That's that's what he's going by. It's Bucko, a good compromise Bucko there. Irving there. Out of Hillcrest, Anyways. Illinois. But yeah, I mean, now that's the one two punch. I don't think Minnesota could have looked any better last week i mean okay so you said they're gonna run the ball on bowling green i believe so did you know that they're the minnesota defense has only given up 95 rush yards per game granted that was helped out a lot by the negative 19 but which was you know a lot of it was sacks but but then that plays into the defense as well the 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 uh uh, minnesota front seven especially the d-line they were non-existent the first two weeks against Ohio State, okay, no harm, no foul there. But the second week during a Mac team, uh, Mac or second week during a Mac opponent, last week they they against another Power Five team, they sprung alive. Uh, yeah. Boye Mafe finally got there. Rush came alive. To me, that is the, one of the things that I want to see. Keep that pass rush going for Minnesota. But after that, get the special teams cleaned up. Uh, their Mac kicker of the year. Speaking of Mac competition. Looked great the first week. Now doesn't look good. The special teams are looking 
you know, PJ special? Fleck era special, special right. in the wrong way. Yeah. So that's the two things I'm looking for because I think you could pretty much count on the timely passing by Tanner Morgan and Tanny Morgan, Tanner Morgan, and the rushing attack by Minnesota. I think we're going to be fine there, but that's what I want to see. Pass rush, keep going, and get the special teams cleaned up. After that, oh, another thing: what is Trey Potts doing back returning puns? Oh, like my good, he was. Yes, Trey Potts. I'm, PJ, he, I got to have a talk with him. I, I mean, of all the things to do on special teams, because the special teams are. They're, they're an eyesore. Like, every Minnesota fan understands that. But come okay? on, give that poor guy a break. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like that's the big, you know, cog in the, in the I mean, offensive world. You've got world, wide but... receivers that are used to catching the ball a and, lot more and than And I understand, pots. like, getting getting positive yards out of your punt returner is, is a gift. It's, is an actual gift. But in the end, underrated. field the punt. Field the punt. Yeah. And, and get off the field and then put this rushing attack and offense on there. And then after that, underline, bold, italics, stay healthy. And my question is just how much will the Gophers need to score? Because I just don't think they're giving up much to Bowling Green. So here's my score. I'm going Minnesota 35, Bowling Green 3. So that's barely a cover, and that's an under. Okay. I've got pretty close, a little bit more points for each. I've got Minnesota 40, Bowling Green 10. So that is a Bowling Green cover, and I've got at uh, 50 points total, I've got under 51, barely. All right. Next game up. The Ohio Bobcats at the Northwestern Wildcats. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game in these parts. It's going to be on BTN+. Plus. Line Wildcats by 14 and a hook over under 48. Going to be a beautiful day in Evanston because there's only one game in Chicago this weekend. Yeah. Hey, I, I like that. that. I put that in there for Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Vegas is saying about something like 31 to 17. 77% of the money is on Fitzy. All right, the Bobcats. We know Frank Solich is out. That's too bad. I wanted to give him his whole sayonara. See you later. Tim Albin is in, and boy, it has not looked pretty, man. Lost to Syracuse. Lost to DeCoin. DeKesney. DeKesney. Do, do you know what? <laughs> DeKesney. Did you look it up? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, there. Mm. DeKesney. But they used to be some native reference, didn't oh, they? Oh, okay. That's Or gone. did they? I don't know. What are they? Dukes. The Dukes. Oh, then they probably weren't. Hmm. I yeah. don't know. DeKesney Dukes. It's probably and, pronounced DeKesney. And then they whatever. got blasted by the Raging Cajuns. This this, this is another bad, this, bad football I mean, team. you wouldn't think... This is, this is no slight to Frank Solich, but you wouldn't think losing the head coach in the offseason would be that big a deal but boy it it, it has oh it's, this has been a very solid ohio know. football program they've been solid since he got to ohio you could always count on a tough game if ohio came to town against the big 10 team you had your work cut out for you but that's my thought process too is like they were always they always had a good ground game that's what they did now they're leading rusher 167 yards they got another guy that's got a decent amount of carries but the average is not looking good so that's who we got coming in to play the northwestern wildcats Hujo, Marty, who is... Holinsky. Who's playing quarterback? It, um, nobody is the answer. Because we can't get the answer from Fitzy because but what I go- he thinks it's Marty Probably. if he's healthy, but the upper body injury, we don't know. If, if And I'll say this, okay? Let's say Marty is 88%, okay? okay? He can go. He can go. Do you think Fitzy cares one iota to win this game to sacrifice his quarterback? He's going to save his quarterback. He's going to save the good one. Whoever is his quarterback is if, going forward. That's if that's the who good he, one. If we think it's Marty, is a little bit dinged up, is what I'm saying. Okay, if that's the case, 
I think Hujo's going to play. Okay. I think Hujo's going to start. In fact, he just convinced me that he's going to start. Now, here's the fear that I have. Northwestern defense is giving up almost 25 points per game, good for 11th in the Big Ten. So we, we The over-under is 48? Which is pretty... That, that's like a 58-point spread that's a for high, most teams. That's a high number for Northwestern. That, so, that's a wink-wink nod from Vegas right there. I, I, it it so does... You, okay, so... That... It, well, I'll have my prediction here in a little bit, but it, it made me pause. I'll say that much. Okay. But the way I see this is we got a Mac disaster versus a current Big Ten disaster. Yeah. And I think it'll be a sloppy game. I, I look at that 47 and a half. I still don't know how they get to that. I like going under in Northwestern games. I also like picking Northwestern. So I'm going Northwestern 29, Ohio 6 for an easy Northwestern cover and an easy under. Wow. Pretty close. I have got Northwestern 28, Ohio 13, so at 41 points, that's an under. I think we're seeing pretty much see, the same game But that's here. much too clean of a score for Northwestern. That's 28 true. to 13. I should have switched it up so a I went bit. to twenty. That's why I went 29. Yeah, I have, I have score envy just the second you said that. All right, next game up. This is, this is one of my most interesting games here. Rutgers. At number 19, Michigan, this is a 2.30 p.m. game moving into the afternoon. This is on ABC. Line Wolverines by 20.5, over under 49.5. Weather looking, looks like uh, looks like Ann Arbor is going to be a little wet. Hey-oh. <laughs> so, right. Vegas, so- is, Vegas yeah. is saying 34 to 14 Wolverines. This I find interesting. The spread even Steven. No kidding. Even Steven at that 20.5. Well, so you mentioned this being an interesting game. I think this is the second most interesting game of the weekend for me. Okay. I'm not going to argue with that. I'm uh, not going to argue. The funny another funny thing to point out for Rutgers, it's deja vu all over again. I mean, they just played Delaware last week with the Michigan knockoff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I, I looked when I was rewatching the Rutgers Delaware game. I I knew Rutgers and Michigan played this week, and I immediately looked up to see if it was. I couldn't remember if it was road or away. I was kind of disappointed to find out that Rutgers was now going on the road. Right, literally. I mean, Delaware's knockoffs are the exact same, but it looks like. After, if you printed out a picture of Michigan's uniforms, if you were running out of blue toner and it just kind of sure. showed up with like a oh, yeah. lighter blue, that's what Delaware's uniforms look like. They're the exact same, man. Okay, I thought I saw. I'm looking at their schedule right now, and it's not the case. But I thought I saw. Maybe it was last year. Did Rutgers play Princeton? No, I don't think so. Oh man, because they've got the winged helmets. Okay. I thought there was something that I think I'm off on that one though. All right. Um, okay. Here's the deal. I. I I'm having a lot of fun watching Michigan football this year, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna save the hyperbola one more week, okay? But this is a fun rushing attack to watch right now, and they've already gone against one Power Five team in Washington. Okay, now Washington is more known for their back seven. I think is fair to say, you know, batting down balls, picking off balls. So 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 maybe. Washington isn't the best litmus test sure. yet. Maybe Rutgers is more of a of a litmus test. And what I'm getting at is this Michigan rushing attack is not just having success. It is blasting through people. There are times when their very talented running backs are five, six, seven yards in into the defense before yeah. they even get touched. Rutgers has got a has got a big task in front of sure. them. I, 
So, but, but, they, but Rutgers has a good defense. So too. you said that you're having a lot of fun watching this Michigan rushing attack. I'm having a lot of fun watching this Rutgers defense. That's why I think this is one of the most intriguing Agreed. matchups of the week. I, I, don't, am, I don't. I don't think I set that up very well, but that's what I meant to say. But then also, you know, the, the, Michigan has trouble passing the ball. Rutgers has trouble generally on offense. Here's a couple of stats for you. Both defenses here are averaging exactly 11.3 points per game given up. Really? Both these defenses. Offensively, Michigan is number one in scoring in the Big Ten at 47 points a game. Rutgers is number two at 44. I knew or, Rutgers, I'm sorry, 41. I knew 41. Rutgers is, wow. I mean, that's I mean, about as close statistically. And we're only three games in, you know, stats lie type of thing. But I wish this was played in Piscataway. Yeah. That would make it a little a more little interesting. A little bit more intriguing. I think we're kind of, you know. Uh, shout out to Rutgers defensive tackle Julius Turner. That guy just pops off the screen. He reminds me of Davian Nixon last year. I think he's a he loves to shoot gaps. I don't know if he necessarily plays inside the defense sure. all the time <laughs> because he either gets there or he creates a little bit of gap okay. behind him. But, okay. dude, that guy's first step is impressive, so that's something to look so out for. So here's him. the thing I like about him is he's actually a Rutgers product. He's not one of these transfers they brought in. And he is a bona fide, I'm not joking, they don't do this much anymore. He was a two-star recruit. Those are hard to come by. They don't really the recruiting services don't really do that anymore Turner because was? It, yes, that he's a two star. Big quick moving dude. Did he switch positions or something? Like come in as a running back? Is he squatty? I don't, no, I don't he's think so. He's not very big. I or don't not think very so. tall, I should say. I mean he was a he was a, a point seven nine in the composite, which is just a shade under the two star. Wow. Okay. Um back to Michigan. Uh the passing attack looked better last week. Uh, boy. Northern Illinois has gone downhill the last oh, couple of years since their coaching change, but that's a that's a whole other story. But in the end, if you start if you start the game out with nine straight rushing it, you know, or touchdowns, touchdowns that yeah. that just does not happen. You know, I mean, that doesn't happen in Division One football very often. Um, there is there's just a lot of good here, and I do think they have two quarterbacks that seem to. Yeah be fine with their roles. I mean, JJ McCarthy's coming sure. in and, and it doesn't seem to be an but that issue. Gives me like more confidence in them just throughout the year, because you, you need a good backup. Sometimes. Absolutely. And, and our guy, Jordan is still pretty bullish. He still thinks it's just a matter of time till JJ comes in. He's, he does look good. He does look good <laughs> when he's out there. But yeah. I tell you what, whoever's playing quarterback for Michigan, look out for Max Melton. Make sure you got an eye on that guy at all times. For sure. Ball and hawk. It, another thing to look out for. Another thing to look out for if I am a Michigan fan or Michigan coaches. I'm warning you. Okay. Harbs, khaki pants, listen to me. Don't kick to Aaron Crookshank. Yeah. Do not kick to Aaron Crookshank. Wait, talk about a weapon. That goes for everybody in the Big Ten. Was- that dude... It's not like I didn't already know he was fast. I think he's faster. Like, right now, I think he might be the fastest person in the Big Ten. Hmm. That's no yeah. slight to Blake Corum and a couple other guys, but he is he is insanely fast. Yeah, and that is one of Shiano's transfer guys out of Wisconsin. But I remember when Wisconsin lost him, I'm like, yeah, he's a nice return guy, but I don't know that that's a huge loss. It, it was That was a huge loss. And I feel like he's he's close to being a big part of the vertical passing game for Rutgers to bust it out. I haven't seen it yet. So for me in this game, I had two things that I was weighing in my head, okay? And if you asked me 45 minutes from now, I might err to the other one. But the two things I'm weighing in my head is how dare I 
go against um, Greg Schiano. This is one of the most consistent. I'm going to get my team ready to play coaches in the Big Ten. But on the other side, it is this juggernaut that is happening right now in Ann Arbor. And with the 20-point spread, I think Vegas is kind of saying that. So I'm going to take the cheese. I've got Michigan 42, Rutgers 13. So with 55 points total, that's an over and a Michigan cover. Okay, so I I guess I'm kind of thinking along the same lines. I did say this is one of the more interesting games of the weekend for me. But with that said, there's no way I could look at this game without seeing it as a pretty easy Michigan win, even though I want Rutgers to be in there competing. So I'm not quite as far away as you, but I'm going Michigan 31, Rutgers 9. So that's a Michigan cover, and that is an easy under. Wow, okay. I understand the under because – I'm a little bit nervous from Rutgers scoring points. So you, right. you could push me to the under there pretty easy. All right, let's hear from our sponsor. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip neat or in your favorite bourbon cocktail Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California. Next game up, we have got the Colorado State Rams at the number five Iowa Hawkeyes. This is a 2.30 p.m. game on FS1. Line Hawks by 22 and a half. How, uh, two weeks in a row. Iowa's favored by 22 and a half. I'd venture out a ex- guess. Yeah. Is it exactly 22 and a half? 22 and a half. Yeah. You could find 23, and but I'd venture a guess that that's never happened before. Over under is 44.5. Weather is going to be gorgeous in Iowa City. Vegas is saying something like 34 to 10. A robust 89% of the money is on the Hawkeyes. Iowa is coming, uh, is going for their 10th straight win which I believe is third best in the country. If it's not third, it's it's right up there. This has been a, a Hawk team that's been playing hot and playing confident for quite some time. All right, who are the Colorado State Rams? They beat Toledo 21-6, lost to Vanderbilt. Ooh, yeah. 24-21, that was at home too. They lost to South Dakota State University, a really good FCS program. Correct. Excellent. But, but they lost 42-23. They lost pretty easily. So you kind of went backwards with that. Now, they lost to, 40, lost to South Dakota State first week of the year, uh, lost to Vanderbilt the next week, kept it closer to, against an FBS you know team, and then beat Toledo pretty well. I think it's fair to say that the Colorado State Rams at the beginning of the year, they're a little bit better now than they were at the beginning of the year. By no means are they... A really good team, uh, but the defense looking a little bit better. They do have a mobile quarterback. I don't think they're quite up to Kent State level, which is kind of interesting that the spread's right around the same way, but we'll see. We'll see what this team looks like. And they won at Toledo. Yeah. They had to go to Toledo, which to I Toledo. think is the, isn't it the Glass City or something like that? Yeah, because they, yeah, they played yeah. the, isn't it the Glass Bowl, one of their okay. rivalry games? I have no idea. I don't idea. know. It's some kind of city. <laughs> we know that. So here's, here's some deep ones out. Oh, season, yeah. Man. I'm pulling them out of my ass, too. They're probably <laughs> mostly wrong. <laughs> so it's going to be a tight end battle because did you see their tight end? 
Trey McBride. In fact, this is about the only weapon I could find on their offense. He's had 30 catches in those three games for 339 yards and one touchdown. So he's coming to tight end town. Tight end town. And it's going to be a tight end end showdown. Okay. Well, uh, we'll see if Sam Laporta accepts the challenge. Um, You know, having a defense like I was, it just kind of leaves you, it gives you a warm and fuzzy feeling. Um, you know, like any game, any week, uh, and I'll definitely be feeling this next week, you start getting anxious. You're like, what happens if we just don't play well? What happens if we do this or that? But again, the, the Iowa defense just seems like the chances for the other team to very much take advantage of mistakes seems low. Um, with the way that Iowa can move Justin Jacobs in and Dane Belton out and this guy from they can go from a four three to a three three five to a you know to the cash position. I've tried to this might be like making fetch happen, but I'm trying to get hashtag Swiss Army Hawks going because that's what it feels. This defense can just move around. But on the other side, can we just can we just get a vertical like just a couple vertical passing games? I understand that Brian Ferentz keeps it close to the vest in games like this, but we hit one late in the game with Nico. Maybe one a little bit earlier in the game, just to just to get the offense popped off a little bit to get things going. Would be nice to see. So just just chuck it downfield, just to loosen them up, if for no other reason. Chuck it downfield. Don't even care if you. Well, it would be nice to be completed, but yeah, something like that. Actually, I'm being kind of facetious, but I'm also being truthful. Let's too. chuck it down there to Charlie Jones. Okay. Yeah, Charlie that's Jones. Who, that's would what be a I'd like one. to see. Um, here's another weird thing. I would like that the Iowa Hawkeyes do not score in defense this week. I'm actually to the point where I'm getting tired because two touchdowns the first week, a touchdown the second week, a safety. Oh, you can't rely on Iowa scoring a touchdown and points every week. So how about we win this game without the defense scoring? I'm again, again, being, I, again, being kind of facetious. I I am perfectly fine with the defense scoring again. But you Penn see what State, I'm getting at. Uh, but after that, in italic, bold, and underline, stay healthy. This is definitely a game yeah. where you don't want to see somebody getting hurt. Okay, so I thought about going to the exact same score I had last week. Yeah, it's pretty successful. Absolutely. But now I, I think I see it being, I think maybe they might hit one of those that they pop downfield. So I think I see a little bit higher scoring overall than last week. I'm going Iowa winning the game. They're winning at 33 to 13. So that's a Colorado State cover, and that's an over. This is funny. This is the second week in, the, in a row that we've done this. I have got Iowa 34. Colorado State 13. Wow. So we're one point off. Uh, so that is an under at, or excuse me, an over at 47 and a Colorado State cover. Okay. W- one last thing I want to say. I okay. just, okay. Um, and I think you're going to appreciate this. All, All right, right, sir. Uh, Iowa comes out to ACDC's back in black. Okay. Sure. Uh, then right as the offense or maybe it's special teams is coming out for the first time. They're back to ACDC with It's a Long Way. You know, that like, is the greatest rock and roll song of all time. Okay. I thought this. I, all right. So how about this? We we are to the point with Tory Taylor, our punter, where the fans literally get giddy when he comes sure. out to punt. Like, it is fun to watch. Yeah. So so Tory Taylor, okay? Okay. T and a T. Oh, there we go. And, and he's, then, got a, he's got dynamite in his foot. Huh? Yeah. I like it. Okay. As the defense is coming oh, yeah. on. And he's Australian. Just 
just a thought. I think that would be pretty cool. That would be we, pretty We cool. need to celebrate our pun- punter even more, is my thought process. So where are you on It's a Long Way to the Top in terms of the rock and roll pantheon of let's, songs? Let's put, let's put a bow on that. This is going to be a long enough podcast to begin with, but maybe that's an off-season topic. It's a good song. Mm. Okay. Okay. There I we like go. it. All right. Next game up, a team we've already talked about, the Kent State Golden Flashes coming into uh, College Park to play the Maryland Terrapins. This is a 2.30 p.m. game on Big Ten Network. Line Terps by 14 and a half, over under 69. Going to be a great day in Maryland. Uh, this is my personal favorite for undercard of the weekend. Wait, the over-under is up to 69? Correct. It shot up. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, dude, one of my favorite undercards of the entire weekend. This is, uh, line is, uh, or excuse me, Vegas is saying something along the lines of 42 to 28 Terps, 83% of the money is on Maryland. Wow. So this is one of those weeks. We talked about this before we hit record. I don't know if I'm going to just lose my ass or just be on fire because, Boy, it's 69 points. That's a lot of points. It's not really the way I see this playing out. One of the reasons is they did not blow the Illinois defense out of the water, which I fully expected them to do. I thought the matchup was great with those amazing wide receivers talented against the poor defensive backfield of Illinois. Meanwhile, Kent State, as we saw against Iowa, and the Iowa fans could not believe how great those cornerbacks were. You you nailed it, dude. I So... We are into the transitive property part of the season where right. by the time you have two or three games to watch some of these you know, teams play, you start to feel like you get to know them. Sometimes that can sting you because the, the X's and O's and the matchups that happen the next week or two weeks later, it's just not the same. Uh, could this be a Kent State team? That is beat up after playing Texas A&M. Sure, uh, you know a lesser opponent, Iowa. Then they got to travel to Maryland, so that and then that it, could weigh in. But but those corners are legit. I I, right. I don't. I feel very confident. So that is a sneaky good. I mean, those Kent State corners can corners can make themselves some money against these very talented Maryland wide receivers. Sure. Or will the Maryland wide receivers own the Kent State? cornerbacks making the Iowa wide receivers look even so less that's, like that's that is what's going through my because head right now obviously much more talent at the wide receiver position for Maryland than Iowa so maybe it's just okay they get over that threshold the talent threshold and they just run them out of the water I don't and, know. and if locks feels like he's got a schematic advantage oh, man, you know he's gonna absolutely. he's gonna hit on it here's the other thing that's very intriguing to me about this game uh, Golden Flash's rushing totals, 250 yards almost against Texas A&M right. week one. Week two, they go for about 500 on the ground. The next week they come into Iowa City, they don't even get to 80 yards rushing. What would you set the over-under at for the Golden Flash's rushing total against this improved, improved. Maryland I'm going to say uh, 145 yards. 145. That's my I'm going to take the over. I thought you go a little bit higher than I, that. I, so I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure Maryland fans are just looking for another excuse to hate me. But if they can go for what it was like two thirty-five, I don't know the exact. I forgot to write it down. If they can go for two twenty-five, two thirty-five versus Texas A&M on the road, I feel like this will be a unique rushing attack that maybe Maryland hasn't seen yet. But I, I okay. but but if Maryland shuts them down. I mean, this is a dangerous. But also, path. if they're scoring quickly, they may not have. They might not be able to afford to just run the ball either. 
And I tell you what, this is a pretty good quarterback, too. I mean, he he's yeah, very mobile. he was pretty good. So that's probably enough on Kent State. But, I mean, we're kind of working in Maryland. We're, we're talking about their defense. We're talking about their talented, talented. wide receivers. It was interesting last week. More confidence a, with Tagovailoa all the time. All the time. But yet, with that being said, I mean, he didn't make the big mistake last week. But things bogged down in the red zone. Yeah. I'm very interested to see if, like, does does the Maryland quick because this is where the sixty nine points comes from? Okay, giggle giggle. If Maryland scores quick, that's how Maryland scores most of the time. Correct, yes, right? That's that's how Kent State loves it. That means they get right back on right, the field. Sure. The way Iowa kept them off balance last week was by not playing that game. You know, they had a it was like a twelve minute drive or something like that at the end of the sure. you know like that's the best way to keep the the flat the flash fast offense is to keep them off the field. That's not how Maryland's built. I can see a situation where this is. I mean, we're talking forty one to forty type of game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't see it. I'm going to okay. go for it. I'm going. I still think Maryland puts points on the board here because it's just what they do. Maryland forty two, Kent State twenty. That's a total of sixty two. So that's. That's an under, but that's also a Terps cover. Okay. All right. Um, I've got Maryland 38, Kent State 30. Wow. So that is a somewhat easy Kent State cover. Bandied this one about for the Amador double barrel lock of the week. And at 68 points, I barely got this under the total. I wouldn't touch that total with a 10-foot pole unless sometimes, you know, it's just fun. Just take that over, yeah, and just, and just live, baby. Yeah. Just live, baby. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sneeze at anybody for doing that. All right, next game up: the Illinois Fighting Illini going into Purdue to take on the Boilermakers. This is a two thirty p.m. game on Big Ten Network. Line Boilers by eleven. Over under fifty five point five. Going to be a beautiful day in West Lafayette. Vegas is saying something along the lines of thirty three to twenty one Boilermakers. 78% of the money is on Purdue. So obviously the biggest question of this game is the status of the wide receiver David Bell for Purdue. The, you know, of course, it's college, so Brahm is playing everything close to the vest. What's the status of him? Eh, we won't really know till later in the week, blah, blah. But I saw his head bounce off the turf. I saw him carted off the field. He did not look like he's in good shape. That didn't look like a, oh, you miss a few days of practice type of concussion. Did you know behind him, wide receiver Mershon Rice is out. Really? Definitely out of this game. So I, I talk endlessly about how, how how much the defensive backfield of Illinois scares me, but they've also looked serviceable at time. They they also changed things around a little bit last weekend with the, uh, with the lineup. So I think they can kind of keep the wide receivers at bay a little bit. Now, yes, Brown will be able to scheme them a little bit and move the ball a little bit. I do like Plummer at quarterback. Hopefully they just keep him in the whole game because I think he is the best choice there. I'm looking for Payne Durham at the tight end position because I think that's where they could really attack Illinois. He looked good, so- and he looked good versus Notre Dame as well. Um, interesting. Uh, certainly David Bell is in my notes here. Um my guess is 50-50. One thought process is don't play him this week. Get deeper into the season. But the other side of it is it's a conference game. You know, if if a guy can go, and I, from all things that I've seen, David Bell is a competitor and wants to play football. Um, I hope to see him out there. I like watching him play, uh, except, you know, when he plays against Iowa. The other side of it, though, 
I think Purdue's defense, along the lines of Maryland, is one of the most improved units in the Big Ten that we've seen. Funny how just a defensive coordinator change can flip things, right? Or bring in three. Or three if, of them. if one isn't enough. Um, so it does look better. Like, their defense just looks to be attacking more. On Illinois' side, I just I feel like they're kind of searching on both sides of the ball. Yes, they that's are. that's fair. Like, I think they want to run the ball, but they're not doing a great job doing it. Then they got to put Brandon Peters in situations more often than they would like to with a young wide receiver core that is talented and looking good. But like just the the cohesion and things that it takes to have a that doesn't seem to be looking good. I feel like they need to force turnovers. Um, So I you kind of made me pause a little bit. Uh, when you talked about the wide receiver position, but I kind of just fall back on the I have faith in Jeff Brom manufacturing plays. So I've got Purdue 34, Illinois 17. Uh, That's an under 51, and with Purdue covering, that's my Amador double barrel lock of the week. Okay, a couple things about Illinois is they are finally getting more healthy. They had been down a few guys. The one that's really important, Keith Randolph, defensive tackle. And again, Beat plays this close to the vest. He's saying he's going to play this week. I don't know. We'll we'll find out when they snap the ball. Of course, they had those two running backs get dinged. Supposedly, they're fine. They've been practicing. They're both going to play. So I think maybe this is the week. They actually do find a rhythm somewhat. They've found their two running backs. And, and so I think they run them, and they can establish a little bit of a, a rushing game. I'm just wondering how rusty Brandon Peters is. So I don't think it's going to be enough to win the game. I do like Purdue to win the game, but that 11 just seems too high to me considering the circumstances of personnel. So I'm going Purdue 30, Illinois 24 for Illinois cover and an under. All right, next game up, the Akron Zips. Unfortunate name. Coming into the horseshoe to take on the number 10 ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. This is a 6.30 p.m. game on Big Ten Network line. Buckeyes by a robust 49 points over under 67.5. Going to be a nice day in Columbus. Vegas is saying 58-9 to Ohio State. Even with that big line, 60% of the money is on the Buckeyes. Ohio State is going for their 60 Fourth straight win over a non-Power 5 team. Okay. Ain't lost where's one the, of those in a while. Where's the quick quiz? I don't know TCU. that. TCU. I'm just joking. That's what the answer <laughs> Maybe was. was. Dude, it might have been back when TCU was a group of five team. It's been so long. So 49 points. How yeah. often do you see that? Like That's like a once a year type of line, isn't it? I don't know about once a year, but very rarely. I would say five or six times a year you see a line like that. I, Boy, that's... It's in games like this. I'll say that much. It's usually a very well-to-do okay. blue blood versus a not very well-to-do group of five, which is pretty much what you have okay, here. Okay, but my question for Ohio State is, this is a game where I think you just, you get some of your deeper guys in there, and, and including a quarterback. You yep. try to play some of your depth and get them some experience. It just, I don't know, any game just seems, 49, just seems a little bit of a stretch. They got beat 60-10 to 10 by Auburn, brother. 60 to 10. That's that's oh. 50 points. That was a that was a cover for them right there. Um that probably played into the line. Uh 45 to 24 they got beat by Temple and then they beat Oof. something called the Bryant Bulldogs. Again, these teams that I'm finding out. Okay, here's my thing. 
They oh, had, and, and here's something. Let me give you a little nugget okay. about that one. I looked into that game. They did beat those Bryant Bulldogs. They were tied going into the fourth quarter. Shut the front door. And they scored 21 points to win easily. You're kidding me. 14 to 14 going into the fourth. Oh, my Lord. So now we know where the 49 <laughs> okay. played. We, we, we have a little bit more of a look behind the so, curtain there. Can I, let me say this. Yeah. Okay. I took out the Bryant Bulldog game. Now I kind of wish I didn't with what you just put in. So they had 362 yards of total offense versus a porous Temple defense. Yes. Okay? They only had 188. Versus Auburn, Ohio State. Let's keep them under 350 yards. That is, you cannot let them go over 350 yards of total offense. And I, I think I might be setting the bar. That's too, too high. high. I mean, there. what do you think the over? What do you think the over under? I think be? it'd be closer to probably 280, 290. Well, I was gonna go a little lower than that. Really, I was gonna go like 230. Okay, I mean 100 and what I just say, 188 versus Auburn. So it's funny because I was like 49 now, is too big. Now what I was, but. Offense is fine. Their groove a little bit throughout the year, yeah. you know, so they have probably a better offense now than they did versus Auburn well, in the first week of the year. And you got to figure Ohio State, assuming they score 90 points, they keep giving the ball back to <laughs> Akron, right? So it gives them more chances to run the ball. So by the way, my buddy Jesse I was talking about, who's the Ohio guy, right? And okay. he knows Kerry Combs. Okay, yeah. We're sitting there, and, but he didn't even know it was he was the defensive coordinator. I'm like, Kerry Combs. He's like, oh, I know that guy. So he's he also played football with Tom Arth, the head coach of the Zips. Really? Yeah. They were in the same quarterback room in high school. Guy knows everybody. Um, yes. Yeah. He's, so so he's, he's tight with many embattled Ohio coaches. Yeah. Um, okay. So we already talked about what I expect out of the Ohio State defense. After that, get your quarterback settled. Maybe an entire game without a high throw for an incomplete pass would be good to see. I think go ahead and keep Travion Henderson just rumbling. Keep the good feels going for Travion. Keep his confidence high. And then after that, underline, bold, italic, stay healthy. I've got Ohio State 52, the Zips 14. So that is a cover for the Zips. And at 66, just barely the under. Yeah. Okay, I'm not too far off there. Did you know? Here's a little quick quiz for you. Did you know the Ohio State defense is the worst defense in the Big Ten, statistically not named Illinois? (laughs) (laughs) That one wasn't quite as deep. But it's true. It's true. Okay, I'm going Ohio Boy, State. that's crazy, though. I know. I'm going Ohio State 54, Zips 9 for a Zips cover, and that's wow. an under. 54 to 9. Okay, so 54 to 9. That's exactly the, what Vegas is saying. That Did, did you even look into that with what the Vegas spread, how it worked no, out No, I didn't. You no. literally just came up yeah. with that number, in it, and you came up with the 9. Yeah, it was. That's crazy. Because 58 to 9 is what the Vegas, what it plays out. Oh, okay. Me. No, I just that's came like, up with the 9. That is hilarious. All right, next game up. The Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, shout out to my buddy, co-worker Jeremy. He's a Hilltopper. Oh, he's a Hilltopper. He's a Hilltopper, yeah. Out of Western Kentucky. Western Interesting. Kentucky. So they, they beat UT, UT Martin 59-21, to and they lost to Army 38-35, which is, yeah. that's respectable. Yep, so and, then they've thinking, had a, and then they've had that very valuable week off after playing Army. Right. So I haven't set this up at all. Can I do this quicker? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm the not w- paying attention. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> the Western I'm just Kentucky Hilltoppers coming to Indiana to play the Hoosiers. This is a 7 o'clock p.m. game on CBS Sports Network. Line Hoosiers by 9. Over under 
64, another high one. Uh, Vegas is saying 37 to 28 Hoosiers. Just barely 50%, 56% of the money is on the Hilltoppers. Okay, so this is probably my third most curious game of the weekend. Interesting, okay. Yeah, so you got the, I see Ho- it. You got the Hoosiers still not running the ball well. Well, heck, they're not doing really anything well offensively. But they have a good defense, right? That's why I'm surprised that this line was so high. So, again, I'm either going to be unconscious this week or I'm going to just lose my ass this week. You're probably going to go 6-5 and five, now that you keep saying it. But All that's, right. that's fine. Touche. Um, so, the Hilltoppers, Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. For quite some time, they've been known for offensive explosion, right? We still got it. Their quarterback, Bailey Zapp, which sounds like, like a Disney character. Like, if they made a Disney movie about football yeah, and yeah. the quarterback, his name would be Bailey Zapp. Okay. Okay. Bailey Zapp, through two games, he is averaging 430 yards passing a game, okay. five touchdowns in a pick. I'm not sure I missed that because I was looking into these guys. I I did not see that. They don't return a lot on either side of the ball, the Hilltoppers don't. They've got a new defensive coordinator, but the kind of the good news there is their defensive coordinator got found a, a better position in the offseason. They were really good against the pass last year. So that another thing that screams under to me in this game, because you, you already got a an offense that is completely disjointed at Indiana. So does that continue this week? So Indiana is disjointed. There's no doubt about that. Okay. Well, I don't know if disjointed is the is the right way to put it, but what we thought it would look like maybe doesn't quite look like what we thought. Okay. Like it, the, but I still hold firm to one thing. They have a good defense. Okay. Right. I, the defense I saw versus Iowa, the second week versus a lesser opponent up into, I listened to one other podcast. It was nice to hear somebody else have my take, which was, which by the way, I think meant that podcaster actually watched the football game. Cause I don't think a lot of people watch no, I don't the think Indiana no. Cincinnati game. He watched it and saw the same thing, which was an Indiana front seven that was absolutely bullying Cincinnati. They're going to get Micah McFadden back this week. He got thrown out of the first half, so that means he can play the whole game. So they got their heart and soul back. I have faith in that Indiana defense to show up and and look good again. Um, With that being said, they do need to shake off that ugly loss. Okay, That's the second bad loss. I'm starting to get a little bit concerned on the psyche, but in the end, just, just get this win, get back to playing what, you know, the, the Leo type of football, the coach. And and, I mean, this plays into crazy. Tommy, Tommy, a plays into my thought process here because I do think he's the type of coach that can get his, his guys back up and running. So, you know, I feel pretty good about this game. Are you ready to go or yeah, I'm ready to go. Okay. Go for it. Okay. I, I, I'm crazy, I guess. I'm totally crazy. I see this as a lower scoring game. I see Indiana winning the game, barely covering, but 27 to 17. Okay. And my my Amador double barrel lock of the week here is the under okay. for a 44 total with, with the over-under being 64. I believe that's our first over-under lock of the week that we've had. I think so it that's is. That's interesting. Love it. Uh, this has already been uh, sent, uh, so I'm with you on this. I'm pretty close. I've got Indiana 30, Western Kentucky 24. So at 54, I'm a full 10 points 
under the over under. I very much like it. Maybe just don't like it quite as much as you do. All right. That brings us to the last game, which is the big 10 game of the week. Screw you game day. You can take Notre Dame, Wisconsin. We're excited to watch that game. This is big 10 on big 10 crime on the eyes on big. We can pick what we want and we're going to air towards a very interesting big 10 versus big 10 game. Okay. So some weeks it's just an automatic. We know who the game of the week is. And so we don't really need to discuss it. We just come in. You, you've already decided you say, Hey, do you, I do you agree? Yeah, of course. This one we talked and we bandied it about. We did. And I said, we're going with this game because, to me, this is the most interesting game on the docket the whole weekend. And I put no argument up against you with that. I feel the same way. We've got the Nebraska Cornhuskers coming into East Lansing to take on the newly number 20 ranked Michigan State Spartans. This is a 6.30 p.m. game on FS1. Line Sparty by 5 over under 52 could could be a little bit wet in East Lansing could be raining in Ann Arbor going to be raining in East Lansing Vegas is saying something along the lines of 28 to 24 Sparty so a classic 84% of the money is on Sparty got some fun ones for you, you ready 84% 84% of the money on Sparty ready mm-hmm. since joining the Big 10 okay Nebraska comes into this game with a 43-42 and 42 overall Big Ten record. Wow, okay. Uh, Nebraska has lost 13 straight games versus ranked Big Ten teams. Ooh. But their last win over a ranked Big Ten team, 2015 versus Michigan State. Interesting. True story. Look up the record. Michigan State has has struggled mightily with the Nebraska Cornhuskers, both since mm. Nebraska's been in the Big Ten and even before it. Interesting. That's that's a, those are some good tidbits, right? There. And in and in true Nebraska fan form, all it took was Mel Tucker saying, "You know, we've got twenty five hundred allotted tickets to Nebraska. I don't think we're going to have." Any more of that twenty five hundred go to Nebraska, and the pitchforks were up. Baby. They said, "Hold my beer. Here we come." <laughs> They're. There will be, and I saw in the Twitter thread that there was like a big, I think it was like Nebraska game day. I can't remember who, you know, the Twitter that put it out there. And underneath it, there was like 12 Nebraska fans that said, I just bought my tickets. I'm going. I bought. Wow. I guarantee you <laughs> there's going to be more Nebraska fans at that game after that, that, that innocuous comment made it out. Well, I hope so. I hope they, I hope they pack Sparty Stadium. So obviously the story here is this suddenly lethal Sparty offense versus a really solid Nebraska defense. It is. It's strength versus strength on one side and kind of weak versus kind of weak, but not completely weak. So I I poked the Dustin Shooty Bear earlier in this podcast. I'm going to poke it again. I wonder if it's not your team playing against itself in practice, does iron still sharpen iron? Will these two... Will the, yeah. you, you haven't seen those threads from him? No. That's his thing. Oh, because okay. all the... All the programs kept posting the same thing. Iron sharpens iron. And it was like them practicing, essentially. Okay. okay. But it was this theme that was going through all these FBS schools. I've heard that. And okay, Shooty that. was so annoyed by it. Okay. So I'm just curious. Does it still apply if you're in-game playing the other team? I'm going to say it probably applies more. 
I I kind of know what you're talking about. I'll be honest. I, I didn't I didn't see the DS thread. I, I but I'll tell you it. this much: that sounds exactly like something that would annoy Dustin. And he, <laughs> would, and he would go at it. All right. So back to the game. Um. Okay. The, the big question is: Can Kenneth Walker look like Kenneth Walker? Kenny Skywalker. Kenny Skywalker. Can he look like Kenneth Walker for the fourth week in a row versus this? very much physical, very much improved Wisconsin defense. If the answer is yes, and if the answer is an exclamation mark, yes, you probably have the answer to who wins this game. For sure. And but but I don't think I'm I'm overstating things when I say this is the most physical slash best defense Michigan State has faced so far in the year. Yes. Yes. It has That's to not be, to right? toss Miami aside. <clears throat> Yeah, but it's coached by Manny Diaz. How good can <laughs> it be? Th- th- that is part of it. It's not to toss Northwestern aside. I mean, they've played two Power 5 teams. Right. Is what I'm saying. It's not like they've gone against three group of five teams. So I also feel like that statement I just said is maybe overstated a little bit. But I still contend th- this has been a, a pretty disruptive uh, Nebraska defense. Yeah, absolutely. It's a disruptive defense. But the offense is yeah, average versus a Sparty defense. It's kind of been... Average so far. Then, okay, but Adrian Martinez is having one of the sneaky, he dominant years of any quarterback, if not player, in the Big Ten. He's very efficient right now. Um, he's got a lot of yards. He's got a ton, ton of, of yards. yards. Yeah. Um, it's not something I necessarily would want to see happen throughout the rest of the year, but we pointed this out on the preseason podcast for Nebraska way back in July this was going to be a huge game. We kicked around that Nebraska could be two and two coming into this game. We thought they would be three and one. Either way, now that we know they're two and two, this becomes kind of a clinch butt cheeks game a little bit for Nebraska because if you lose this game, you walk out of this game two and three, oh and two in the Big Ten with that schedule that's left over. That is a scary thought process for them to get back in the Big Ten West race. But on the other side, Michigan State, a little bit of butt cheek clinch as well. First time they've been ranked in quite some time. They want to keep that ranking going as as, as far as they can. The fans love it. It's good for recruiting. Good this is a big game for both programs. Okay, so Sparty gave up, remember, a ton of passing yards to Hujo in week one. They gave up a ton of passing yards last week to Derek King. So that that's you know that's a strength I, of this Nebraska offense, so then maybe they can move the ball on the Sparty defense. And last week was kind of the first time that we saw all of the weapons healthy and out there, minus the Illinois game, which kind of the the deeper we look, it's just more of an enigma wrapped in a riddle for, for how that game. But Xavier Betts had a nice game last week. We had an Omar Manning wild moment Side or in, two. Yep. Um, the, both the tight ends played, Austin Allen and Travis Volkolek. That's the first time they've been on the field Love it. together. And I felt like because of that, the offense popped and moved the ball. They even had some third down conversions, third and long, I mean, that you haven't typically seen out of this Nebraska offense for quite some time. They lost a running back this week, their number one running back of the week. I mean, it changes every week. Sure. I'm not. I'm starting to even Gabe think. Gabe you're referring to. Yep. I'm starting to even wonder if that makes much of a difference because it's yeah. just going to be the next running back in, and they don't seem to lean lean on the rushing attack all that much. 
I don't think I would I would gamble on this game. I think this is just going to be a sit back and I enjoy the, the game type of game. But in I fact, would love to hear from people if they have strong feelings one sure. way or the other. And in fact, DS at the beginning of the week, he had very strong feelings for Michigan State. Okay. I wonder if he's walked that back or not. So there's three things I'm looking at here that okay. I think are have made me decide where I'm going with this game. You got Big Mo. Momentum is on the side of Sparty. They're confident right now, whereas Nebraska's not as confident. It's at Michigan State, at Sparty Stadium. Which is also the second week in a row Nebraska's traveled. That's okay. a thing. That is a thing. And then the deciding factor really is special teams. I just think you have to give it to Michigan State over Nebraska for those reasons I am going with the Sparty win in a small cover 32 to 26 and that's an over okay um pretty so here's what I got you, you brought up a lot of the same thought process I had the first two weeks of the year Michigan State first game or first play of the game 75 yard touchdown right yeah they blow out both teams there was there was no contest by the by halftime so then that kind of makes you nervous right mm. like but what happens when they get punched in the mouth? That happened by yeah. and large. Like the thirty-eight to seventeen total or uh, final score, it wasn't extremely you know accurate to what that game was. That was a game going into the fourth quarter. Yes. But I'm not disparaging Sparty with that. That is a compliment that I'm trying to give is that it showed resiliency. Michigan State showed resiliency last week. They were down a couple times in that game, and they kept coming at it. Peyton Thorne showed resiliency. I've got a lot of confidence in this Michigan State team. It's just that I also have a lot of confidence in the Nebraska defense. They feel like they're confident right now. So, again, I'm not feeling... (laughs) With all the confidence I have, and you would think I'm not confident in the score prediction, but my deciding factor at the end on why I went this way, I'm not in love with the tackling by the Nebraska defense. And Mm. in comes maybe the most ankle-breaking, get-through, blow-through tackle running back, not just in the Big Ten, in the entire country. double-foot juke that he did versus Miami? Dude, there is... beautiful. He is... He is playing on another planet. He looked like he right was now. doing the slalom in the Olympics. It's a great, it's a great visual. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what it looked like. So I got a close one, but I've got Michigan State twenty-seven, Nebraska twenty-six with a Ooh. nod towards special teams play, okay. biting them again. That's a Nebraska cover, and at fifty-three points, that's an over. Nice. I'm happy that that game is a night game and yes. is last because. Just like you, we obviously picked it for a reason. Can't wait to watch that game. This is, I've heard some people kind of moaning about this Big Ten lineup this week. I I think this is, I mean, to get uh, uh, Wisconsin-Notre Dame to start the day with, the game we just broke down at the end, and a couple sneaky, decent games in the middle. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's three games that I'm super interested in. And yeah, there's a bunch of non-con that that are going to be blowouts, but I, I... I don't know. I, I think I there's wait. a handful of games that are excellent, and, and Michigan State and Nebraska will be on my big screen at night. It Absolutely. will be the primary game for Absolutely, me. it will. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. We'll talk to you soon.